0: Hello and welcome to Fibber McGee and Molly from OTRGold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. During 1953, science and industry are expected to take great strides forward. Literature, however, is about to be set back a few hundred years. Because look who's planning to write a book. As we join Scribbler McGee and Molly.
1: And this new book of mine that I'm going to start writing tonight, kiddo, will split this town open like a dropped watermelon.
2: Sounds a little seedy to me.
1: (laughs) It'll be sensational, Tootsie. I'm calling this epic of mine Inside Wistful Vista. Going to be a gossip book. Bestseller. Gossip? All the inside dope on who's doing what that they hadn't ought to do and not telling anybody. (laughs) River McGee tells all. Now, McGee, that's not a very nice way. I'm going to give my readers all the lowdown on all the high-ups in town. Stuff like, why did old man McDonald of the Third National Bank give a certain bank examiner a new yacht for Christmas? Did he do that? I don't know, but I'll find out. (laughs) That's the kind of stuff that sells books. You write a book about Napoleon, for instance, saying what a great guy he was, and you won't make a dime. Yeah, but even so... But... You'll make a million bucks if you write one that says he always kept his hand inside his coat so he could scratch the place where he was stuck with a pickle fork by the wife of an Italian duke he got gay with at a spaghetti dinner.
3: <laughs>
2: I think you just put your finger on an important literary principle, dear. You, you. betcha. My
1: Inside Wistful Vista will be a literary masterpiece. Oh? Uh-huh. Yes, sir. It'll take its place with them other great classics, like the Rover Boys and the State Department. <laughs> And the five little peppers and how they goofed off.
2: I don't know that's pretty fast company, dearie. Just uh, how will you go about getting material for this uh, this thing? Hmm.
1: Don't worry, I got a gimmick, kiddo. The whole town is busy gathering gossip for me right now. Oh? Yes, sir. I put an ad in the paper. Put it in yesterday. It'll get me all the dope on everybody.
2: An ad? Yeah,
1: yesterday's Gazette. Here, read it. There, right there.
2: Do you know any stuff about local people that's too hot for the newspapers to print?
1: Yeah.
2: Send it to Box 77. That's right. Gossip, rumors, snide remarks gratefully received.
3: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Heavenly Day. That's what'll write my bestseller for me, Tootsie. Everybody will send in stories about everybody else. All I got to do is copy them down, publish them, and get famous.
2: Or get
3: killed.
1: Don't you worry. You'll share my fame, too. After my book comes out, why, every time you leave the house, people will point at you and say, ah, there's the guy that wrote Inside Wistful Vista's wife.
2: (laughs) Well, I have news for you, sweetheart. If your book comes out, I won't leave the house at all.
1: (laughs) Are you kidding, Molly? Why, this will be the biggest thing since... Now, this might be somebody with a hot yarn right now. Come in.
4: Oh, it's the old-timer. Come in. Hello there, kids. Hi, daughter. Hi, Johnny. What's new?
1: (laughs) I'll tell you what's new, boy. You're the first to hear this. I am about to become an author.
4: Oh, isn't that exciting. I just love authors, Johnny. Good. Good. Used to play authors all the time when I was just a kid. Well, now, wait a minute. I mind a hot game we had one night where Papa was holding two Longfellows and a pair of Rudy Kiplings. Well, uh... And I had Louisa May Alcott's (laughs) back-to-back. Papa shuffled and dealt again. and Okay,
1: okay, okay. That's fascinating stuff, but that ain't what I'm interested in. I'm going to write a book, see? A gossip book. I'm calling it Inside Wistful Vista.
4: Well, now that sounds real cozy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I thought you might know some hot gossip, old timer. Inside stuff about things people did that they hadn't ought to have done.
4: Well, Johnny, you came to the right party. Good. I can give you enough low-down, dirty stuff about Clarence Grigsby to fill the encyclopedia and run over into the Pedia.
3: <laughs>
4: now, who was that Clarence Grigsby? That's right, daughter. They hadn't ought to do on this fella that ever done it.
1: Okay, let's have the dope. I'll take it down. I'll take it down.
4: Well, Clarence started his career peddling real estate. Peddling real estate? Used to tie wax fruit on scrub oak trees and sell the land for an orchard. (laughs)
1: That's the kind of stuff I want. Let me write that down. How many G's in Grigsby?
4: Well, ain't sure, Johnny, but we can check by looking at his tombstone.
2: (laughs) Tombstone? Mr. Grigsby's death?
4: Well, if he ain't, he's been mighty quiet since 1937. (laughs)
1: Gosh, Old Timer, this don't help me. Ain't you got any gossip about somebody that's alive?
4: Now well, let's see. I know some stuff about Jethro Dunn. Nope, he passed on in 31.
1: Oh, for Pete's sake. Wait,
4: I got some stuff on Luke Devine. Nope, went to glory in twenty nine. <laughs> okay, keep trying. There's Hank McGrew. Nope, twenty
2: two. <laughs> I'm afraid you may as well give up, Mr. Old Timer. <laughs>
4: Does seem like I specialize in the cemetery set. <laughs> well, that's about all the news I got, son. Unless you'd be interested in that rich country club president, old J. Pierpont Sackful.
1: Oh yes, he's the one who wears the expensive toupees, McGee. Yeah. What
4: about him? What about him? You catch him stealing? No. He's been secretly trying a new hair restorer. Yeah. Been rubbing it into his scalp every day for a month. Just now, got results. Helped him, did it? Well, his head is still as bald as ever, but. He's now got the hairiest hands in town. <laughs> uh,
2: let me see. Are you still making notes for that uh, that alleged uh, book?
1: Yeah, but I can really get going on it after I go downtown and collect the mail from my ad, Molly. Boy, I'll bet them letters give me more nasty gossip about people than anybody.
2: Well, I wish you'd just forget the whole idea, McGee.
1: Forget it. Why, Molly, when my inside Whistle Vista hits the stands, I'll be the toast of the town.
2: Yes, I can just see them toasting you now <laughs> by holding you over an open fire. And if I can find a few sticks of kindling, I'll...
1: Hold the kindling, kiddo. Hold it. Come in. Good morning, Mrs. McGee, Miss McGee. Good morning, Ed. Hi, Ed. You bring the stuff I ordered from the drugstore? Yes, sir. Two pounds of paper and a dozen pencils. Good. <laughs> Boy, you must be writing a book. Just what I'm doing, writing a book. (laughs) Boy, you top me every time. (laughs) He's a killer, Mrs. McGee. Yes.
2: (laughs) How's your girlfriend, Ed, little Virginia?
1: Virginia? Oh, we broke up weeks ago. She even returned the engagement ring I made for her. You made her an engagement ring? Out of the handle of the spoon, I mixed my first ice cream soda with. (laughs) Sir, when we first got engaged We promised that if either of us ever met someone we cared for more We'd tell the other one straight from the shoulder
2: Oh, did she meet someone?
1: Four guys the first week
2: (laughs) Oh dear
1: So I broke it up just like that Were you pretty hurt about it, Ed? Oh, the night she gave me my ring back I was really fractured I was a broken man I just walked blindly down the street With a terrible feeling of emptiness inside Where'd you walk to? The hot dog stand at 14th and Oak. (laughs) I walked blindly in there to do something about that feeling of emptiness. Yeah, well, there's nothing like a hot dog to take your mind off a cold romance. (laughs) (laughs) Gee, fate does things in wonderful ways, because there behind that counter was the girl of my dreams, Olivia.
2: Olivia. So you have a new girl.
1: Oh, yes, and this is it, Mrs. McGee. Olivia's wearing the engagement ring I made, and... I'm wearing a sentimental token from her. A watch fob. Did Olivia make the watch fob? Yes, sir. From the skin of the first Frankfurter she ever broiled.
3: <laughs>
1: oh, boy. This is real. Yeah, Olivia. <laughs> so long, right. long. Well, I better unwrap this hot dog, or this paper, and... Sharpen the pencil. Oh, dad it, I forgot something. What? I meant to tell Kramer to send me a pipe. Oh? All us literary men smoke pipes. Hand me the phone. I'll have to call. (laughs) Hello, operator. Give me Kramer's Drugstore at the corner of 14th and... Oh, is that you, Mert?
3: Oh, dear.
1: How's every little thing, Mert? Busy. What's that? Your uncle's living in a new place now. Below the Mexican border, eh?
2: Her uncle moved to Mexico?
1: No, he's still in the boarding house on Oak Street. He's got a new room under a border named Carlos Hernandez.
3: <laughs>
1: What's name, Okay. Line's busy. Hello, Molly. Hi, pal. Hello,
2: Mr. Wilcox. Hi,
1: Junior. Say, you get around town a lot. Do you know any new gossip? Gossip? Yeah, I'm writing a book called Inside Whistle Vista. Going to be the hottest bunch of stories since the library fire. <laughs>
0: You got any news I can use? Well, let's see. Uh, I could tell you about a couple down the street, the Browns. I know them Browns. Well, she left him last night. Oh, dear. Went home to her mother. Oh, Mm. no. That's the stuff I'm looking for, Junior. Give me the details. Well, she caught him doing something yesterday that he had promised her he would never do, you see. Oh, yeah. Well, well, what, Junior? What'd you catch him doing? What'd you catch him (laughs) Messing up her kitchen range Oh? He was frying a skillet of bacon and spattering grease all over the stove
3: Oh,
2: that is bad Yeah,
0: well, well, go on, go on, go on Well, I happened in during the argument yeah. And right away I saw the problem Yeah So I hauled out a roll of Reynolds Wrap That pure aluminum foil that I had in my pocket
2: <laughs> You carry that around in your pocket, Mr. Wilcox? Oh,
0: sure, Molly The first time I saw Reynolds Wrap, I made up my mind that I'd always carry a sample
1: Okay, okay, Junior We know you're sample-minded
0: Get on with your glory story. Okay. Well, sir, I showed the Browns how to keep a stove clean with Reynolds Wrap, the original and genuine, the pure aluminum foil. Yeah, but what that got to do? With I told them how people with electric ranges line the reflector pans under the heating units with it. Just crimp it in place around the edges, and it catches grease and spill things and keeps them off the stove itself so you don't have to scour your stove, you see? Yeah, but the wife, the wife... You right? just replace the Reynolds wrap when it gets soiled. Yeah, but the... Mrs. Brown has a gas range, mm. and there's just one large drip pan under all the burners. So I showed them how to take two sheets of Reynolds aluminum foil and double-fold the edges together and smooth it over the whole pan. Yeah, 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 but you said she went home, When You went home to her mother, she went. That she did, that she did, pal. Good. When I got through telling her about Reynolds wrap, how you can get mm. it in 25-foot rolls... And... Also, when the big jumbo economy rolls 75 feet long, she ran all the way home to her mother's house just to tell her about it.
2: But she said she left her husband.
0: Yes, sir. Left him out in the kitchen with a roll of Reynolds wrap just having himself a time.
3: See you later,
1: I got a strange feeling I've been made use of.
2: Mr. Wilcox is a slick one, isn't he? Slippery
1: as a family of eels and a tub of butter.
2: (laughs) You'll be sorry he
1: didn't help me, though, when my book gets to be a bestseller. Hey, what time is it?
2: About half past. Well, let's go
1: downtown and get that mail. You get your hat and I'll get a basket to carry the letters in, because there must be a million of them by now. We don't want
2: them... Come in.
1: Oh, good morning, Oli. Good morning, Mrs., and for you, likewise, McGee. Hi, Oli. Hey, I got some big news today, boy.
0: McGee, I tell you a hundred times, don't call me boy. Okay,
1: I'm sorry. I wasn't a boy since I was a kid. Okay.
0: If you enjoy calling somebody boy, I bring my little boy Sven over here. Okay. You can call him boy till the freezes is over.
1: All right, it won't happen again. Listen to the news, will you? I'm going to write a book. Oh, is that so? I wrote a magazine once. You wrote a magazine? Popular Mechanics. I wrote and say what happened to my subscription. (laughs) That's a joke, McGee. Why aren't you laughing? (laughs) Just stubborn, I guess. (laughs) My book's called Inside Wistful Vista. It's full of gossip. You know any I could use? No, McGee, I ain't much for gossip. Oh? Why not? Well, what do I care to know that so-and-so has been acting like a (laughs) so-and-so? I don't like the so-and-so anyhow.
2: I think you're absolutely right, O. Well, I'm
1: going to make gossip pay off. Pretty soon I'll be flashing $5 bills around, eating pot roast under glass, and keeping my cigars in a humidor. You know what a humidor is? Oh, sure. I was reading about the bull in Spain that was killed by a humidor, (laughs) yes? No, no, that's uh, that's a matador, Oli. It is? Yeah. Well, anyway, the bull tried to eat a matador full of cigars. There's somebody (laughs) wrong. It it stuck in his throat and choked him. Well,
2: that was a a humidor, Oli.
1: McGee, you said it was a matador. (laughs) I thought you meant matador. I said humidor. (laughs) I was thinking about the guy who fights the bulls in Spain. Was you ever in Spain, McGee? Well, no, not personally. Then I was. I, I traveled there before divorce. Okay, then what do you call the guy who gets in the ring with a bull and waves a red flag at him? A silly yak Oh. <laughs> what do you call him? A humador. Oh, <laughs> Gee, I'll bet that newspaper box is just busting with hot news for my book by now, Molly. Come on, let's hurry on down there.
2: I'll walk as far as the Gazette office with you, and then I'll go to the grocery store and meet you back home.
1: Okay. Boy, this will be the biggest expose I've handled since the time I caught the principal kissing Miss Fidich in the third grade cloakroom and blew the whistle on them.
2: You mean you wrote a story about them?
1: No, I snuck up behind them and blew a whistle. Out of a crackerjack box. <laughs> Miss Fiditch gave a scream like she'd sat on a blowtorch, and he turned her loose like her nose was on fire. <laughs> Boy, that was... A... Look who's coming down the street. Look who's coming down the street.
2: Well, Mayor Latrivia. Hello there, Mr. Mayor. Well,
1: good afternoon, Molly McGee. Hi, Latrivia.
2: You seem to be in a good humor today, Mr. Mayor. What's new?
5: Well, I've just come from a luncheon, Molly. The annual press
1: club luncheon for the governor. Oh, annual, huh? That the one they have every year? <laughs> Yes.
5: The, uh, the press boys do a little skit kidding our state politics every year, and this time they let me in on it. Oh? <laughs> Various reporters played the parts of politicians, and I took the role of the governor.
2: Uh, wasn't he looking?
1: Looking? The governor, when you grabbed his buns. Parker House Rolls or Hot Biscuits? Because Hot Biscuits... Oh, no, 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 not at all, no. I... I'm afraid you're not quite with me here, McGee. I think you're going to turn out to be a biscuit snatcher, I'm not with
2: you. Oh, sir, the city feeds you well, Mr. Mayor. You don't have to eat the governor's rolls when the poor man... Now,
5: just just a moment, just a moment, please. Let's not get out of focus here. (laughs) I did not eat the governor's rolls, is that clear?
1: Oh, you just swiped them for laughs, huh, did you? No, 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 of
5: course not. Look, I'm trying to tell you that in the little skit, the entertainment we had today, I was sort of the star. I took the, the, the the major role.
2: Heavenly day. (laughs) He swiped the major's too.
1: No, no, no. Why, you could be court-martialed for that, Homer. Stealing bread from the military. Oh,
5: stop
3: (laughs) it,
1: This is ridiculous. There wasn't even a major there at all. Do you understand? Oh, well, if the major didn't show up, you had as much right to eat his rolls as anybody else. Yes, I I know, no.
5: Now, if you just listen to me for a minute, I'll explain this whole thing again. Shoot. We had a luncheon. Right. We had a little entertainment. Yes. During the entertainment, I played the governor. Understand?
3: (laughs)
2: Oh, that's how you did it, is it?
1: Yes. You see? By George, that wrecks it. That does it. Playing up to the governor and stealing the brand muffins right
4: off his plate while he trusts. I didn't feel the stubborner's cuffins off his plate! Feel the muffin's stubborn cuffins off his plate. His gate! Kate! Kate! Kate. <laughs> I, said I hooked the revelers' roll. I took a shoveling coal. Roll. I didn't mean I actually made it. Made it. You were the
1: one to i I'm I'm i Yes, Mr.
5: Mayor? A friend of mine brought something home last week that I'd like to get for you. Oh? I'd like you to have it for the rest of your life.
2: Isn't
1: that sweet? Yeah, well, gee, thanks a lot, Latria. What is it? Pneumonia. Good <laughs> gather up my mail, kiddo, and get my book rolling. I'll see you back home after a while.
3: I'll hurry,
2: dearie.
1: Ah, inside Wistful Vista. I'll blow the lid off of this town and make a million
3: dollars.
2: My, these groceries are heavy. I can hardly carry them. Only bought $40 worth, too. I hope I can ring this doorbell with my knee because both hands are... Ah, there. I suppose McGee is up to his neck reading his
1: nasty letters.
2: (laughs) News too hot for the papers to print, he says. It's a
1: horrible way to write a book. Uh, I have to come to the door. My wife ain't home. Oh! Oh, it's you, kiddo.
2: Take this bag, will you? It's heavy.
1: Okay. Uh, Sure. Set them right here on the hall tip. I didn't hear you coming up the walk, kiddo. I was... I was just sitting here working on a crossword puzzle. Puzzle? Uh. What about your book? Ah, but, uh, who wants to write a book? <laughs> Let the authors do that.
2: No mail, huh?
1: What you mean, no mail? Look over there by the piano, kiddo.
2: Heavenly days a bag full. Over
1: a bushel of them. Hot tips, dirty cracks, snide remarks, vicious rumors, and some plain truth. <laughs> Why, there's stuff enough there for six books. But I'm not going to write them. Good for you. No, sir. When I realize the misery, the unhappiness, the grief that a nasty book like that would cause, well, I'm just not the kind of a guy to write it, kiddo. Not me.
2: Mother is proud of you.
1: Besides, it wouldn't make a good book anyhow. Too monotonous. All the stuff in all them letters is about the same guy.
2: The same person? Who?
1: Me. Me. <laughs> Light the fire in the fireplace, will you? i got enough trash to burn to heat the house till the next... Morning. Ladies and gentlemen, on this inauguration day, 1953, the American people have just welcomed a great man to a great big job. We salute President Eisenhower.
2: I'm sure we speak for all Americans when we say that our minds and our hearts and our prayers... Are with our new chief and our gracious new first lady.
1: You know, running this country is a big job. Hey, Molly. You suppose I ought to hop on a plane and fly down? No.
2: No, McGee. If he needs you, he'll send for you.
3: (laughs) Good night. Good night, all.